So I have decided, thanks to a friend of mine, Marquise, I see you, to do a live episode um, to commemorate 10 years of having graduated from the oldest HBC in the South, Shaw University. Okay, all right, you already know it. And so this is totally unedited. It just is what it is. And because I jumped into it, because I was like, I want to get the party started at 9 o'clock. Because uh, y'all know 9 is my favorite number for so many amazing reasons, right? Uh, but yeah, but what I'm going to do is, you know, like kind of like spin it back so we can do our intro. And then I'm going to get into it. Okay. I love the way the First Gen Lounge makes me feel. Because it creates a space where I belong. Where we're able to create community. The fact that it's a community. It's a safe place. It also gives me a place to understand different perspectives. The stories of these individuals prescribe transformational perspective. I receive encouragement, enlightenment, empowerment. And also serve as a catalyst to just keep going. Where we're able to be our true selves. I'm allowed to be an unapologetic first gen. And above all else, tell our story. And every episode is unique. I love it. I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. I was over here like, this is something new for me. I've never done this before. Like, at least not in this capacity. I've never done a live show, so we gonna figure this thing out together. But y'all see, I got my favorite track on here. Um, and I'm hoping that I can really sit with y'all and really navigate my thoughts I don't have anything written down so whatever I'm saying to you now is coming from the heart it's coming from a place of this is just what it is so yeah I graduated from college 10 years ago today and like I just said a few minutes ago shout out to the boy Marquise because he was like yeah why don't you commemorate you know do something to to celebrate this and I'm thinking um, I did, I couldn't figure out how I was going to make this happen, how I was going to pull this particular thing off. And my thing was, yo, why not just try live? Um, just do it. Speak from the heart. You know, where I am right now with all the emotions that I'm feeling, everything that's, you know, kind of come up um, over the course of my life. Even just, just, just do it. Like, it doesn't hurt. So, yeah, um, people, thank you for being in this space with me um, here in the First Gen Lounge. Thank you for supporting this movement of mine. Thank you for seeing and understanding and believing in the work around first generation uh, college graduates, college students, professionals. Uh, this just really it means a lot. And I say that a lot of times because I I am first gen. I am a dove. I mean, y'all know that. But it's been really fascinating to me to be in this space um, and to make sense of my life 10 years later. Uh, if you'd ask me if I knew I would be in this place, if I would be doing the things that I'm doing now, if I'd be living how I'm living, I would tell you absolutely no. Because I didn't have a concept of what my life was going to take me, uh, where I was going to be, what was going to come of anything 10 years later. I just knew I was going to keep trying and that I was going to keep going and really kind of let things work themselves out. Um, being that, you know, nobody else in my family had gone to college what the expectation was after I graduated, what that would look like. Uh, I don't re really say that they had an expectation or that I really had one of myself, but just to do well and doing well for me meant anything better than what I had growing up. And that's to say 
you know, maybe a better house or having more money, a better car. I didn't want to be in a space where I was necessarily worried all the time or stressed out all the time. I just wanted a better life. Something that, honestly, when I saw some of my friends in high school and they had, quote, better, they had, you know, better cars for their first car. Some people come in Acura's and Lexus and stuff. Um, and I was working part-time in school. But things that I thought was better, like, that's what I wanted for myself. And so I tried to move into that space. And I think, I, I think I'm there. You know, in my head, I'm there. Um, I can look at my life with a husband and Hell, I'm married. I didn't think I'd be married. And I never saw myself being married. Like I talked about in my book, for those of you who got my book, shout out to y'all with the book. Um, I didn't imagine that anybody was really going to come around to loving me for me um, either. And though I was educated, I couldn't cover up my securities with my degrees either. I didn't imagine that I would live in Mississippi for as long as I did. Because uh, right out of undergraduate, I transitioned to Mississippi. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do this. Like, I had a job, and it was going to start late July um, to get the party going for August and forward. And so I took a job at a math and science school. I was going to make the most of it. And, you know, so I did. And one year became two, two became three, four, five, six and a half. But I can say that it was some of the best, um, some of the best time of my life spent because I really got to know who I was. And it made me even more cognitive when I started thinking about coming back home to North Carolina and I mentioned in a post that I made earlier today that Shaw is even what helped me get back to North Carolina. So what makes me excited about that is, you know, Shaw has always believed in me um, as an institution and its people and the family and, and, the, and the friends that I've made. It's been a very large part of my life um, that I can't shake no matter what. And I always honor that because it's just real, you know. But coming from a space where, you know, what do you make of your life? being a first generation college graduate whatever you will uh, I say that a lot of times too because having a, a map of five years from now I'm going to be in graduate school or ten years from now I'm going to be a doctorate look I never thought I'd be a doctor <laughs> never ever ever would imagine I would be a doctor and I think it still blows my mind sometimes like I am Dr. Hudson and I am, I am Dr. Hudson so I'm not a doctor I'm a married woman and you know, sometimes society wants to tell you that being married comes with, especially being somebody who's educated, you know, it comes with these challenges of compatibility. You can't find no man. But I have to be with somebody that I'm actually growing with, and I love that aspect of who we are and what we do. So I can't even sit up here and act like it's not exciting because it is. Um, you know, and with everything else in life, it definitely comes with its challenges, but, you know, it is what it is. And I think because there are things that I didn't have growing up, um, it seemed like having all the things that I didn't have would fix all the, the problems in my life. Because a lot of people think that oh, I didn't have this growing up, so I gotta have it when I when I get grown. Well, that's not necessarily true. Just because you didn't have it doesn't mean that it's even for you. Because you might find yourself in a situation and realize I could have done better without this. And that's totally okay if you end up feeling that way. Because the thing about being first gen in a lot of situations that we don't have really a lot of models or a lot of things that we can look at and say, that's it, or that's how I'm supposed to do it, or this is how it's going to work. You just kind of got to roll with it sometimes. So 
So yeah, I mean, I told y'all this was gonna be a ramble because my head is really all over the place. Like, I cannot believe it's been 10 years already. I feel like I was just on the graduation stage talking to all my classmates and encouraging them to go off in life and be amazing people. And if they survive, y'all, that they can survive anything. And now I'm thinking like, yo, so 10 years is that quick? Um, people have bought houses. I still haven't bought my first house yet. And I'm totally good with it. Um, a lot of my peers went on to go off and work um, professionally so they haven't built in their careers the way I see it far longer than what I have and so they got you know a leg up there and that's cool I clap for them I'm proud of them because I didn't even think I'll be somebody to want to settle down so I'll say that too I thought I was going to be traveling all over the place um, even from a professional perspective I imagine well maybe I'd be doing something that would be like, I don't know if it was recruiting that I ever saw, but something that would just allow me to travel, 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 because I've always had a travel spirit, and I've known that for, for a long time as well. So it would be fitting that 10 years later, um, I have fully embraced this motivational speaker aspect of who I am. I have this podcast that brings me so much joy, and I have written a book, did an empowerment tour, none of which I would have saw for myself 10 years ago. I was just trying to figure it out. And then something I never really told people, um, which I'm going to tell y'all now, and I've been kind of opening up about, I didn't really have a plan for myself. Actually, I did not have a plan for myself right when I graduated from, from college. Outside of knowing that I had a job coming up and I was going to be moving, I had nothing else planned for myself. So that summer was a struggle for me. And I say a struggle for me. Uh, my best friend and I, we laugh about it now, but it wasn't funny then. I um, like give a shout out to Walmart and Dollar Tree and Aldi because that summer I lived off of an eight piece and canned goods and cereal um, so that, you know, I had food when we would share that. We would put our little money together. We would share that food and we would eat spaghetti and just whatever was cheap. But like, it's different when you got the cab. <laughs> and, you know, though I know I'm a grown up and I've got this, um, my line sister and I actually got an apartment together. And I want to say we got that maybe like two days before graduation that we approved. So everything was a whirlwind for me. I was determined not to move back home when I finished college. Not because I didn't think home was a good place, but for me, not going back home meant that I was making it and or had made it. And so yeah, there you have it. I'm telling you. So for me, it was a really big deal to keep going forward. And going forward, I didn't really care what that looked like necessarily just as long as I was moving forward and so you know mentors said well if you can get a job get a job you can always see your friends you can always come home you can always do things so I took that advice and I, I literally ran with it um so so yeah so kind of got off on that to say if you don't have a plan right now and you're listening to this and you're about to graduate like I, I landed on my feet 10 years later like I'm okay because I still had people in my life to help guide me and to help me to figure it out. I relied heavily on my mentors and they weren't coddling me either. They were like, this is your decision. <laughs> this is what you decided to do. So you have to live with that. And I was, I was good with that. I was good with that because I realized now that to learn how to be a true adult, you've really got to understand your independence and what it looks like for you without being um, somebody who's gotten your, your hand held all the time. Because it's so easy to think, too, that other people are responsible for us or that they should be accountable for who we are or what we become. But that's not true. Um, we've really got to do what we have to do for ourselves. And I found my community and my friends and then my you know, sorority sisters to be able to, like, help me 
until I was able to get to the next one. Another thing I share is my job had ended the day I graduated. So the job I had for four, four years, three and a half years, three and a half years. Um, so throughout my college experience, it ended the day I graduated because it was for collegiates. It was for current students. And y'all, I went crawling back to my then supervisor, uh, Dr. Gray, and I was like, look, I need money. I had been probably trying to figure it out for like a month. All my little savings I had been blowing through. I didn't know how I was going to pay any of my bills. And this is stuff I never told my family. So like they would find out like this way, right? Crazy. But so I was just like, I'm just going, I'm going to figure it out. I have to figure it out. It is no option for me to not figure it out. And so he let me work. He brought me back in. I told him like, I'm broken. I'm hungry. That was my, I'm broken. I'm hungry. I need some help. And he, he let me work throughout that summer. Um, he said, you know, we're going to find you something to do. And, and I worked until it was time for me to move. And that is what carried me through. So even if there's a lesson in that, don't be afraid to ask for help. But don't think that just not having the plan is just going to work either. And I, and I focus so heavily on this, this season and this time of my life because on the 15th of May, I will be celebrating three years of being an entrepreneur. Again, something I never imagined for myself. Um, a lot of my life has been, I just never imagined it, but I did not resist it when life presented it to me. And I think that that's part of the difference too. Um, for so many people, especially first generation, you may not know where your life is headed because you haven't had people to lay out a plan for you or to pass on a business to you or to set you up already in a house or to do things for you that maybe some people from different classes are doing with their families. But that does not mean that you can't create your own path and that you can't start building for your own future. Um, and I have literally just been figuring it out as I've gone along. And do I feel bad about it? Nah, I don't. Because I know that this is what's destined for me. This is the path I'm supposed to be on. So I can do things like get on this show and share my story and share the experiences that I've had of falling down and having to get back up. Um, and moving to Mississippi, you know, going back to it being one of the best times of my life is because I was truly, truly on my own. Not only was I a recent college graduate, first generation college graduate, a brand new professional, I was living in a state where I knew nobody. I had no family, no friends, no prior contact. Like, I had nobody down there, but I just went. I just did it. And that ended up opening doors for me to go back to school and to go back to school again. So I got a master's and a doctorate, and those ended up being paid for. I took I took the risk. And I'll tell you, shout out to my family, and here's why. My family never held me back from going. They never held me back from figuring out my own life. They never held me back from staying in one place or another. If it's something that I wanted to do, they encouraged me wholeheartedly to do it, even if they didn't like it. And um, my mom been one of my biggest bigger supporters because I remember her telling me one day when I told her that I was moving to Mississippi she said you know what Denise Denise is my middle name and in case y'all didn't know what the D was for Denise baby okay no okay Wizzy, but whatever I like to have fun if you don't know me like that by now then what you doing but um but my mom was like you know Denise I have lived my life and you have got to live yours you have got to figure out what's gonna work for you so don't live your life for me live it for yourself and you'll figure it out and you can always come home. And her telling me that gave me a lot of peace about even being able to move so far away. I was another time zone, you know, living in a state away 
And I didn't even think about how significant that would be for me as a 22-year-old fresh out of college, but I felt confident about it and I knew that I just needed to do it. And again, I could always come home and it took a while to come home and actually to come back to North Carolina, I still ain't made for Charlotte, but that's okay because again, it's, I'm on a journey and life is continuing to reveal things to me. So I am good with that. Uh, but yeah, but I talked a little bit too about um, a mentor. So the supervisor that I had when I worked at the General Baptist State Convention, um, man, the most amazing person in the world. And I feel myself to being sensitive right now because in 10 years, I can't tell you, got to hit the mic, y'all. Okay. So I can't tell you that I actually saw that I was going to lose two mentors in that time. And that ends up being significant to me because two people who have been a very significant part of my life have passed away. And that has been hurtful. That has been crazy even because you're like two mentors, you know, over the course of 10 years. Like, yeah, um, people who I have talked about in my book, people who I have dedicated or shouted out to and acknowledged in my dissertation, these people are no longer with me. And and trying to figure out what that means for myself now because I have latched on so much to mentors to be people who give me one second I needed to change my mic okay so um hanging on to people who have been really a significant part of my life and who have really helped shape me and build this woman that I am it's been hard to to understand life without them because they have written so many letters of recommendations for me to go to grad school, to get jobs. They have been coaches for me. And it's kind of like, damn, this is really happening. Like I'm really getting older and life is really changing. And while I've often felt like sometimes a lost person in the world and these people have been rocks for me, what do I do when my rock is no longer there? What do I do when those people, you know, have gone on and what even that has taught me? And I, I lost my mentor, actually the one from General Baptist as, as early as like three weeks ago. And so even in my head, my head's still spinning because 10 years later, who would have told you I would have lost two, two mentors, one who actually helped me get the shawl and the other who gave me, you know, a job and took care of me even after I graduated. That's significant because if I had not had those people, where would I be right now? I don't know. I don't know. Y'all know. I don't know. But it's now it's my charge to go back and help other people to to be well, to do well, to invest, to say, I got you and I'm going to hold you down and I'm going to do what I can from from where I can to support you on your journey because I know who did what for me. But that's also to say that being a part of this journey or being on this journey has absolutely helped me to see, understand and believe that it's now my responsibility wholeheartedly. It's my responsibility to do what I have to do to be able to. Yeah, I'm over playing around on stuff. So it's my responsibility to go back and help my my mentees the people who are latching on to me it's time for me to rise to the occasion but I wouldn't have thought that was going to come 10 years out of college it's kind of like oh you know maybe when I'm 40 45 50 but then I realized both of my mentors were less than 60 one was 54 one was 58 yes and they passed and I'm just like gosh are you serious is this really happening right now and it's really happening right now so even in that learning not to take you know life life for granted at all um but I guess kind of stepping away from that you know what do I do now I find people who you know are becoming even new mentors 
learning how to tap into peer mentors, but even more than that, I'm learning how to mentor myself. I'm learning how to be my own advocate in so many ways. And I'm really learning how to really just exist um, in this space of mine, even without them being there. And it's not something that, again, I thought would be a conversation in my head or something that I would be trying to figure out 10 years later, but it it is. Um, so I guess if I even said for you all to think of anything, you know, partner on the fact that what you're doing in your life, you've really got to tap into your strength and know that if it's for you, it's for you, it's for you. And you got this because the people who you may be leaning on now, they're not going to be there forever. And that hurts. It hurts like hell, but I know that it ends up being okay. Um, cause even, you know, me having lost my grandfather, my freshman year of college, I wanted to drop out. I wanted to go home. Uh, I didn't want to be there. I didn't give a damn that I had a scholarship <laughs> because that didn't matter. Um, but all I kept getting was don't come home. There's nothing for you here. You need to stay in school. And I realized my family was saying to me, you're going to be the one that makes it. You're going to be the one that's going to have a better life, whatever a better life looks like for me. And so I've had to make it happen for myself on a professional front. Um, I have felt extremely challenged over these past 10 years, trying to find myself to find my thing, to find my voice. And it has been the past three years, really, that I felt like I've really come around to the who I am in the grand scheme of things, the who I am when I think about what legacy I want to leave, you know, behind, um, what do I want to be known for? What people do I want to help? It's been the, the past three years. It has been really affirming that for me. And so much of that has come from taking a chance. Um, so I told y'all, I, you know, came back to North Carolina because my alma mater brought me back to work and I was there for a year. And, Again, another year had gone by and I was just feeling a dissatisfaction in my professional space. So I spent years in higher education, like years, like all I know is higher education. All I've known professionally, cause it was a no brainer for me. Um, I wanted to be the person that so many people were for me. And that's what really pushed me to pursue this career in education, especially higher ed. And then I never wanted to be somebody corporate. I wasn't ever attracted to like suits and ties and, you know, know they look good especially you know on a good lucky man like my man hey babe um but I really didn't I really didn't think about me being that person you know I thought that teaching and speaking and and doing things to encourage people was my life path but I can never articulate that to say I wanted to be exactly a motivational speaker I wanted to be a life coach I want to be this or that um so education is where I kind of start to fill it out but even in working in education I was exposed to so much um, in helping even my students figure out their life path, I started to figure out my own and coming around to accepting that I wanted to be, I truly wanted to be a motivational speaker. Um, I began to feel like, oh, this is not going to be enough um, because don't nobody know who you are. Don't nobody know what you're doing. And that was like, I mean, it's, it's true. But I will say that what I had to learn from that is what it meant to build a brand but going back I thought about all the things I had learned working in higher education so some of y'all may have asked well what have you done exactly in higher education I think the better question would be what have I not done in higher education um that's even led me to this point so I've worked in residence life which is one of my favorites um Greek life 
So, of course, student activities, minority student development, um, student academic enhancement. So, I work with student athletes. And I have actually worked with, um, I don't want to say academic planning committee, but at one point I was on uh, as a graduate assistant and it allowed me the opportunity to like look at the whole graduate student bulletin, all the general education and electives and how they went together and even like editing out, like figuring out this goes here, this goes there. Um, sitting in on academic review meetings and watching people go through curriculum and figure out what is good for the students and what is SAC saying and, and what is, you know, this institution doing, how could we be competitive? Like I have had so many really, really awesome experiences in student affairs. And I know I'm missing something out. I'm missing something up. I worked in first year experience and I've taught, you know, for years now I taught leadership classes and I taught first year experience classes and it was the teaching. So let me tell you, it was a teaching that really, really, really got me. And I started to realize later on, all I really wanted to do was be in the classroom. It's not that I sucked at being an administrator, but my calling was to teach. My calling was to help. My calling was to serve. My calling was to get these college students to figure it out, to figure out what, to figure out their life, to be there to support them through the next four or five, maybe six years of their life to, to get them on a path to where they will feel fulfilled. Again, being the person that not only did I need, but so many people were to me. So it was divine that I ended up in this space and do I feel like I should have gone and you know worked in a corporate setting or have done something different to know that nope mm -mm, I don't because I believe that I ended up being right where I needed to be but the challenge was every year or so when I just be very candid about it because I think it needs to be talked about I was changing jobs because I didn't like this or I wasn't happy there or I didn't think that this was working out and the only resolution in my head was to take another job you know go do something else and figure it out and somebody said something to me a while ago um that I you know I kind of stuck with they were like it's kind of like going to a buffet and you have all these things that you're trying to see what it is that you really want um the only way you know is through experience now if every year was a good idea nah But when I started to really sit with myself and say, what do you want for your life? Why is it you feel like you can't sit still? Because that longing and that desire in me to just travel and travel and help. I was like, oh, I didn't even think about the fact that this motivational call was far bigger than what I was letting it up to be. And so with that, you know, I've gotten to the space that I am in now. And again, I continue to build and continue to grow and continue to do things to put myself out there. So I I say that you just have to figure it out. Um, You just have to trust yourself as well. And you have to trust yourself and what you want more than you trust other people about what they think is best for you. Now, I can't say that verbatim again, but you can play it back and hear it because I think that is, you know, it's just really real. You got to figure it out. Um, But 10 years later, I'm more confident than I used to be. 10 years later, I'm more aware of who I am than what I used to be. 10 years later, I can say more of what's on my mind and not feel like if I did that I was going to be rejected. So I'm feeling, again, it goes back to confidence. I'm not feeling like I can't be who I am or show up in the world the way that I am without feeling like I will be dismissed for it. So that's something that it's been really significant for me as well. And y'all, I'm really over praying that this podcast, this particular episode goes over well. Because if it don't, I'm going to feel some kind of way. But then again, nah. Because the whole point of doing it was to just be real. Just, just to put it out there. So yeah, so 10 years later, I feel like 
I have still got a ways to go. But if I can tell you that I'm where I wanted to be 10 years later, I can't tell you that. I can't tell you that because I didn't imagine what my life would be 10 years from now because that was hard for me to do. Um, I haven't always been much of a dreamer. And so to dream of this life, this love, this travel, 10 years, I can't tell you 10 years out of school, I would have literally like I've traveled across the United States just for different reasons. But I'm like, man, I have seen more than I ever thought I would see because, you know, hey, who would ever thought even me going to Mississippi was a start of that. But that was a start of it. And I didn't even realize how significant that was to go there to see all the South, see California Illinois to be in New York, Florida to, you know, Bahamas, Jamaica, got married in Jamaica. Oh my God, what a dream. Um, married the love of my life and in this exotic place. Um, never saw that for myself 10 years later because 10 years ago I was, I'm pretty sure 140. Oh yeah. Now 140, 42 pounds heavy. So I was the same weight. Um, I was 334 pounds when I was in school at my heaviest. Actually, when I graduated, that was my weight because I remember, you know, pledging and, you know, having lost about 15, 20 pounds over the summer, gained it all back, you know, cat food be good. Okay. Fish Friday, chicken Wednesday. Um, but I'm not blaming the cat, you know, cause it was on me to figure that thing out right to do right. But I would definitely say that, you know, I was, I was larger and, you know, but still when my love saw me, he saw me. And so that's something that was been really big for me too. Um, 10 years later, I'm vice president of young alumni relations for the national alumni association would have never, ever, ever thought that was going to happen. Why? Cause I thought like NAL was just a bunch of old people and I was doing nothing. I didn't even know what they did anyway. And so I say that admittedly because now the work that I'm doing is to help younger alum. How ironic um, to get more involved with the institution post-graduation, but understanding through my involvement, what that means for building a network, what that means for career development, what that means for the long, the longevity of, of who I am, you know, in a professional space, even a personal space, the relationships that I built, it has been wonderful to come to, and it has been wonderful to get to know. So I continue to encourage people to be a part of the alumni association because now my eyes are open and I get it. And because I get it, I'm so adamant now about helping other people to want to get it too. Um, cause this collegiate thing, it changes your world. It gosh, it changes the world. Like I didn't imagine 10 years later, I would be saying some of my friends, not people I just went to school with, but some of my friends, my friends are lawyers and doctors and accountants and event planners and educators and they're doing things that I'm like yo that's something that when my teacher asked me what I wanted to be when I grow up these are things that my friends are doing these are things that people around me are doing and that's such a beautiful thing to be a part of this interesting dynamic um, of the world to where I am in a dream almost like I am a part of this dream I'm a part of this make a wish five six seven year old make a wish who do you want to be when you grow up so now a five, six, seven, eight year old can look at me and not saying that they want to be me, but they can say a little black girl, you know, who, who comes from, from adversity. I want to be a doctor and I can look at her and say, and baby, you can do that. You can be that because a doctor would only ever, was only ever to me, a medical doctor who would have thought, you know, I would say, Oh yeah, I want to be a doctor when I grow up. Cause that was the cool one, right? That's the one that made all the money, but to even have a PhD and to have one of the highest academic degrees, the highest academic degree that one can attain 
that's crazy to me. It's crazy. So the life that I'm living and building is all about the belief and the inspiring other people. I told somebody years ago, and I know I told my husband that me getting this PhD was because I was on a mission. I aspired to inspire. And I realized that going on this journey has never been about me, but about the people who God has called me to serve. And it's because of that, that I continue to find my motivation and moving forward and doing whatever it is that I'm going to do in and with this life. So 10 years later, I'm rambling. I told y'all I was going to ramble and I'm praying that I have said something that has, that has moved you all 10 years later. I'm still understanding my faith and what that means. 10 years later, I'm still understanding relationships. 10 years later, I'm still figuring out what I want to do with my life. And so you never stop growing or attempting or working to figure it out. You just keep going and you let things unfold. You you can make a plan. You know, when you start, I start on a project and I think it's going to take three years. Then that's the plan. That's what I'm focused on for three years. But if something comes up, I'm not going to resist that change either. So I think that's another part um, that I would share to you that I think is incredibly important. Um, and then I just think that 10 years later, um, I'm, I'm starting to see the legacy is so much greater and working to leave that legacy. So if I were talking to people graduating, you know, right now I would say to you, you, you're going to figure it out. You're going to figure it out. Whatever it is going to be, you're going to figure it out and you've got to put your best foot forward and you got to stay motivated and staying motivated. It's got to come from within. You got to want it because nobody can want for you more than what you want for yourself. And if I were saying to somebody who's 10 years out and still ain't figured it out, you got this, you got this because you're still figuring it out for a reason and figuring it out just means that life is continuing to reveal things for you. But a lot of times you don't know what life is going to reveal unless you put yourself in situations to be exposed to something new. You know what I'm saying? You gotta, you have me going to school, me moving, me being challenged in some of the things I'm doing, even taking the risk of becoming an entrepreneur with no entrepreneurial experience. That has been me putting myself in situations to figure it out. And then the thing is, I told y'all every year I was changing my job. Does it feel embarrassing now? No, um, it doesn't because that was a part of my journey and my experience. And who's to say that I won't ever go back and work for somebody. But what I know is that three years later, I'm still at this entrepreneur thing and it feels right for me. But it may not feel right in 10 years when we've got little James's and little Eve's running around the house because we already got Maxwell. Y'all know I love my chocolate lab. But I'm just definitely thinking in a sense of, you know, 10 years later, you know, what have you become? Are you proud of yourself and are you better off now than what you were 10 years ago? And if that if that's the case, be proud of yourself. Be absolutely proud of yourself. And then, you know, as I'm thinking about bringing this this close to a close, y'all know I talk this much, but I'm like, eh, just, you know, I got one shot to celebrate 10 years and one shot to do it on the day. And so I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> um, but for the next 10 years of my life, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm okay with the fact that I don't know. But I have some ideas, some things that are kind of meddling around in my head that I would love to do. In 10 years from now, I love to be a millionaire. <laughs> go get the money. Go get the money. Like, I would love to be a millionaire. Not because it's just about the being of rich. But I want to be a millionaire because, you know, first gener- if I'm going to be first generation, I want to take this thing all the way. Um, 10 years from now, 
being in real estate 10 years from now have a thriving business 10 years from now continue to travel all over this world speaking and inspiring and motivating and encouraging people you know 10 years from now to have grown my family you know 10 years from now I know that I would have experienced more loss, right? But I want to be able to know how to navigate that and to make, to have peace with it. 10 years from now, I want to have a library, you know, in my home because I am, I've been so addicted to reading because reading y'all, it expands your mind in ways that sometimes conversations can't actually in a lot of ways that conversations may not be able to, but reading, yeah, reading is good. Um, but yeah, but 10 years from now, I don't know what the plan is, but you know, to have, to have a vision, um, that I'm happy and I'm filled with gratitude and that I am at peace with, you know, who I've become and what I've become and what that looks like. I won't know. You know, the prayers to be around 10, around 10 years from now. And if I'm not around 10 years from now, you know, Lord forbid, if I'm not, my hope is that all the work that I have done, you know, on this earth has mattered, that people will remember, um, not even remember me, but just remember the legacy and want to go on and do great things as well. Be it that it's loving somebody deeper, if that's hustling a little harder to get what you want and buy that, that's going to school, that's learning how to save your money, like whatever that is, that people are in happy marriages and relationships, that they are just living their best life. And if they're not in a happy relationship, that they can find a way out of it, that people are at peace, you know, that people are feeling good about their life. That's, that's what I want my legacy to be like. It really is. And so that people are inspired, you know, by whatever it is that they are doing every day, no matter where they come from. So yeah, uh, 10 years later, no regrets. 10 years later, a lot of love and a lot of loss. 10 years later, I'm still standing. And 10 years forward, I plan to continue to stand. Um, Got a great community of people supporting me, backing me, loving me, you know, cheering for me, um, understanding me, being patient with me. Um, Yeah, community is everything, y'all. I talk a lot about community relationships because it is the bread and butter of life to me. Um, Relationships make the world go around, so make sure y'all invest in them. But I am, um, I need some water and I'm ready to eat. Just gonna be straight up, y'all know I'm crazy. But I would definitely encourage you um, to make sense of your own journey and to know that life is what you make it, um, to stay encouraged in all things, to trust yourself, to continue to have faith, to read often, to drink your water, to take care of your body because it's your vessel and you only have one. Um, Ten years later, if you are not where you want to be, you know, get where you want to be eventually to be patient because it's not a race. You know, none of this is a race. All of this is a journey. Um, it's a journey. It's not a destination. So enjoy the journey and don't force it to be a destination. And I think that you will find happiness and happiness is not contingent on the things that are external. Happiness is very internal work. Um, joy is very internal work and you will get, um, all that you want out of this life. If you can be grateful for all that you have, because gratitude changes everything. God can't give you more if you don't already appreciate what it is that you have right now. So I'll say that's fact. Um, Gosh, I don't want to feel like I'm missing anything, but I've told y'all so many things and just kind of, like I said, rambled, rambling. I guess this is my first rambling podcast. And they all, um, yeah, but be good to yourself. Be good to each other. And until the next time, peace, peace out.
I love y'all. Okay. I know y'all like that. Okay. All right.